Hey there, listeners. As I celebrate another trip around the sun, I want to show my gratitude for your incredible support. What a better way to do that than with a special contest just for you. What's up for grabs, you ask? Powerful quantum healing hypnosis session that could lead you on a transformative journey within yourself. Here's how to enter. Simply leave a review. Listen to an episode and leave a review on Spotify or Apple podcast platform and then screenshot the review. Email or Instagram me. Send the screenshot to me via email at soultravelerpodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at I am Jennifer Mitchell. You can double your chances to win if you want two entries. Simply tag me on your Instagram story post with the screenshot of your review for an extra shot at winning. Your reviews and support mean the world to me, and I can't wait to give one of you with this incredible opportunity. So start reviewing, screenshotting, and tagging for your chance to win. The contest will be ending on the first week of October, right after my birthday. The winner will be randomly selected and announced. So good luck, and thank you for being part of this incredible journey. Welcome to the Soul Traveler Podcast, an exploration of conscious living with your host, Jennifer Mitchell of The Soul Experience. Join Jennifer as she explores the quantum realms of the subconscious mind and all aspects of spirituality. Driven by curiosity and a thirst for knowledge, topics will stretch the boundaries of your imagination and revive your mind, body, and soul. Welcome to the Soul Traveler Podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Mitchell, and today we're honored to have Mara Francesca with us, a renowned yoga teacher, tarot card reader, retreat host, and CEO of two thriving businesses. Mara's journey is a true inspiration. So whether you're a seasoned yogi, an aspiring entrepreneur, or simply someone seeking to connect with your inner soul traveler, this episode is sure to offer a wealth of guidance and inspiration. So without further ado, let's embark on this soul-enriching conversation with the radiant Mara Francesca. Hi, good afternoon, Mara. It's so lovely to see your beautiful face. Welcome to the show. Hello and mabuhai. It's hello in my language. Beautiful, mabuhai. I'm absolutely thrilled to have you join us today. Really excited to hear about your origin story and what's inspired your spiritual path. Thank you so much for having me, Jennifer, at The Soul Traveler. It is such an honor. My origin story is a little bit different, but I was born and raised in the Philippines. And then I moved back and forth to the U.S. since I was 14 And I also traveled, my parents were, I I call them the gypsies because they never stay in one area. And they're just nomads, very free spirited. But I am a second, no, not second, because it's coming from my great grandfather. So correct me if I'm wrong. It's like from my great grandfather. I'm third generation. Yeah. So I am the third generation of a healer or in the Philippines, we call it the albolario. It's or we call it also babaylan, which is like the healer that they do almost everything. Wow. Um, but in the US, I'm known as the tarot girl, especially in Las Vegas. Oh, you're the tarot girl. 
you're the one that always brings like CBD products. So I own a CBD line called Lola and Mila and a crystal infused line called the Miracle Marketplace. And thank you. And both of them were all named derived from my grandmother's name because she is the reason why I have the honor and the privilege to live in the U.S. because she moved out here in the 70s, I think, or 80s. I just love that. So you pay homage to your grandmother. What was it like growing up, going back and forth? Do you think that that helped to build character or was that challenging or difficult for you? So it's funny because I love my culture. I can speak the language and speak two dialects and in besides the main language in the Philippines, which is Filipino or Tagalog, and then another two languages there because of my father. Although I really love my culture, I never felt like I belonged there. And I always felt like I was just my soul, even as a child. Like I know, I knew that I was for the world. And when I first moved out here, I felt like I was home because like, I first stayed in Vegas in 2001 with my closest friends. She's my best friend since we were four years old. So that's 30 something years already of friendship. And I had a good feeling about Las Vegas a long time ago. And I just said, there's something about it besides the lights and the scenes and stuff. And I think I fell in love. It's because I went to this beautiful mountain called Mount Charleston and I just saw it. And I just like, this is my home. A few years later, when I was of age, like at age of 19, being a free spirit, raised by free spirit, spirited parents, I just said, I'm going to go back here. I'm going to come here. And there, then there goes my journey. (laughs) And I don't know, we didn't talk about this before, but I'm here in Las Vegas as well. And I actually had a guest on earlier this week who's also in Las Vegas. And I think that we don't have the best reputation around the world, like as Sin City, but there are so many light workers here. And I think that is absolutely a testament of the energy that is here. It's a beautiful place to live outside of the strip. And that's fun for entertainment. But outside of the strip, there's a lovely community, so spiritual. So much nature, as you mentioned, Mount Charleston or Red Rock. And I just love chatting with people in our community and who are on a spiritual path and other lightworkers who are living here. Yes. And the thing is, is I came here thinking that I was here to entertain because like my past life, I used to sing. I sang at casinos. I was like one of those. And But a lot of people think of this city as a very transient state where like, I'm only here for three to four years and I'll go and to a cruise ship, all of those performers. For me, it's no, I'm actually going to, I would like to stay here for a long time. And 20 years later, I'm still here. And this is more of a home to me than it was back, back where I'm from. Of course, the Philippines will always be a part of me and a part of my home. That's why I'm here. And the purpose for me to bring it to be here is to share the Filipino way and the Filipino traditional healing way that I saw from my grandfather. And my grandfather is one of the gifted ones. I'm just going to gas him up. He, Jennifer, he is 96, almost like he's almost 100. This man can still walk. He stopped driving when he was in his 80s, late 80s. He can still bike until he lost his eyesight, which was like in his 90s. 
Oh he, my goodness. Yes. He has a sweet tooth, never drinks water. I know we're all like all healthy. He's drinking, he's drinking Coca-Cola off a bottle and still 98, no diabetes, no, nothing with him. It's because he's a healer. He's a healer. Yeah. He's always been a healer. That must be so amazing to come from a family of healers. And so you touched a little bit about, well, my next question was going to be, I was going to ask, what did you do before you started your healing path? And so you, you worked in the hotels and casinos, it sounded like you, you said. Yeah. Yeah. I performed, I sang, I sang for a living. My dad is a musician, a frustrated musician, in fact, and he taught me how to play the guitar. He taught himself how to play the guitar. In return, I taught myself how to play the guitar. Like music has always been a part of how I heal. And when you think about this, like the things that I wrote, like for me to write a song that songs that came true, it's probably me doing some spell work and manifestation work. And when I came here in Vegas, that was my sole purpose was to like, okay, I'm going to sing. I'm going to sing here, see how it goes, all of that stuff. And then that didn't pan out eventually where like the universe told me, no, that's not it. And then I rediscovered yoga. Because like when I was 14, I stole a yoga book. You saw that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I stole a yoga book when I was 14 at a library because I saw Madonna do it. And they just said, okay, I'm going to be, you know, and then I was always fascinated with it. I just ignored it for the longest time. And then I started practicing yoga out here. And my teacher during that time, her name is Jennifer Pirati. She's been doing this for so many years. She basically said, okay, we're going to teach you Ashtanga, which was like, it really made a lot of sense because Ashtanga is the same practice that Madonna was doing. And then I started, I fought tooth and nail to not teach at all. I just get teacher trainings because I wanted to learn about the philosophy more, learn the Sanskrit and chanting. And then one day she got sick and she's guess what? You're going to be subbing. And I screamed and like, no, 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 no. There's so many teachers. Nope, you're doing it. And then I fell in love with it. Uh-huh. And then I started combining all the things that I love within the practice, which is CBD, CBD yoga with yummy adjustments. And then every time by the end of the class, I would sing. So I was still performing in a way, because I was still expressing songs. And then I added in the classes that I used to teach, I would add astrology to it and say, okay, give me your big threes. And then we would always talk about, okay, this is the horoscope of the week. Not knowing that I was already preempting what I'm going to be doing in the next few years. And then COVID came and then this is where I am now. And so when you were transitioning out of that entertainment, that nine to five life and into more of a spiritual and healing practice, what do you think was the most challenging part of that for you? Or was it easy for you because your family was already accepting of that? I never had any problems with my family whatsoever. They believe my mom also has the gift. She can determine a lot of things. Like she's always been a prophet, a very easy. And that's when I realized that she's always been a witch and I've got that as well. And when it comes to emotions, the challenge that I've had was because I came from the East mm-hmm. and there's a lot of that spiritual practices and the unexplained phenomenon when it comes to like feeling spirits and stuff like that. It was very widely accepted. And then I come in into the yoga world, probably the most challenging one that I would say is blending the westernized way of working on spirituality 
And also like embracing those two because we're in an industry of, yes, nine to five, working 40 hours to 80 hours a week. You work hard and you play hard. And I once I transitioned, I never really understood why the heck did I put myself into certain situations before where I just accepted that, yes, a nine to five to put a roof over your head and do all of these having these material acquirements, tangible acquirements, that's where I started to outweigh. Because yeah. like, again, for being here so many years where I want a white picket fence, I want all of this and everything when, you know, in the yoga practice and the philosophical way, you don't necessarily need anything but a roof over your head and pursuing your own mm-hmm. passion and life purpose. Yeah. And for me, too, just touching, like, I also here in Las Vegas, so I worked for 15, about 15 years in hotel industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was what I had to do. Like, I have to work this nine to five so that I could pay my bills. And it was like programmed. And I like to think it's more like, a, you know, it's like a fear-based programming because society wants to keep us like in check, like in this like routine so that we don't step out and really embrace our full gifts. And that we don't go after and, you know, what we're meant to do here. And so I stayed in that rut, working VIP services, managing concierge desks. (laughs) It was was really rough. And then when I started to break away and transition, I struggled with my family, accepting that on my end. It's definitely been a journey. Here I am loving what I do. And I want listeners out there to know that it is possible. Like if you feel called to do different type of work or something, it's okay to pursue your dream. Like Yes, it is. Because like for me right now, I'm enjoying what I do. I enjoy it hard. I don't work hard because it never feels like work. Mm -hmm. I enjoy it and you're doing your life purpose. And to chime in because you are in the customer service in the hotel and casino industry, especially here in Las Vegas, I have said this to everybody, no matter what you do, whether you're a dancer, you do sales, you work in, I don't know, Bells or the North Outlets, you are working with people. That means that you, everybody has the capability to be empathic. Oh, yes. Here. It's probably the reason why that you were led to that industry, to the casino industry, is because the universe, God, or whoever you believe in, was training you. So you have the capability to teach and talk and connect with other people. Because it's easier that way. And it's the same thing like any car salesman out here. They just know, oh, this girl is a red car type of girl or this is a white girl. And they don't realize that's intuition. Yeah, yeah. And I want to touch on what you said about empathic because that's actually when I realized. So I was actually, after I left the casinos, I went to work for a call center for an airline here in Las Vegas. And I didn't realize until... I started to notice that all the agents would come to me. They'd be crying and sad and upset and telling me their story like every day. Literally, Mara, I had a line of people at my desk upset of my agents and I got there to help them. But then I started to look around. I'm like, this isn't happening to any of the other managers. And that's when I realized, holy crap, I am like a magnet and I'm drawing them to me. And I'm taking on their energy. I was really exhausted and I'm starting to feel a lot of emotions that weren't my own. I've never been like someone who cries a lot. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just I focus more like on gratitude when I'm down or upset. And But I started to notice I was like crying a lot and I was like depressed and didn't want to get out of bed. And I was picking up on their emotions. And so 
think it's important for people who are working in customer service or those types of industries to be aware of that too and to zip up energetically as very important. <laughs> yes. Yes. As because we know we so much. We absorb so much. Whether, again, whether you're a performer, whether you're doing something, you're basically having an even exchange. As I always talk about this, there is a difference between attachment and connection. An attachment is like you're the socket and they're the plug. And what happens? They're exhausting your energy and there's no even exchange mm -hmm. in there. The connection is like an internet. It's like Google where you're typing something and then you're getting into feedback. You're also writing something when, let's say, you know, you're asking on Reddit and you have the expertise in, say, like a point of interest. And when you're like writing there, you're also giving it back and forth. It's actually better to have the connections rather than attachments. It's why with light workers like yourself, Jennifer, it's very important for you to protect your energy or you're really to remind yourself you're capable of doing this. Because there's also such a thing as I call it the light workers burnout. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've, I have felt that. <laughs> I do quantum healing hypnosis and sometimes my sessions, they're an all day experience. We do deep healing, we do past life regression. We do, we scan the body from head to toe, looking for trauma. Like there's so many things that go into a session, but sometimes I feel like a little energetically drained after. And so I have oh, to always cool. be mindful of that. And, you know, even as light workers, there's, you know, such a thing sometimes as hitchhikers energetically, as we know, you know, that mm -hmm. can happen where energies, you know, to hang out and attach. And so it's important to make sure and be aware of that. Of course. And do you mind if I ask you about your sign, your sun sign? Maybe your big threes, if you know. I'm a Libra. <laughs> September 25th. Okay. So I do astrology a little bit different. I look at my dates because in the Vedic astrology, you're still considered as a Virgo. But Western astrology considered as a Libra. So I combine it both intuitively. And I would say September 25. And it started in September 22, I think 23 for Libras. That would still be a 60-40 split. 60% Libra, 40% Virgo. Meaning that your 60%, uh, your 60 of your Libra, they're known for balance. They're known for love and they're known for people pleasing. And because they are ruled by Venus, they're also known for making sure that everybody feels safe because they're always going to promote harmony. Now you have a Virgo placement. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. So this is also the Virgo percentage and that cusp there. Also like that 40% was, I want to fix everybody. I want to save everyone. I want to make sure ruled by, by Mercury, good with communication and also in action because while Virgos are not necessarily known for their communication is they listen and take action. And then you have your beautiful Libra placement on that 60%. I want to love you for who you are. I hope that you love yourself for who you are. And that's why like sometimes you feel like you're drained. It's easy. I know mm -hmm. that girl. I'm a Libra. I'm a Gemini sun, um, Libra moon and rising. Mm -hmm. So it can be draining trying to read everybody. Yeah. And you can't help yourself because you have to surrender the fact that's a gift of yours. 
Yeah, and I do. I always try to read everybody. Like sometimes it's not even intentional. I could be in a grocery store walking by someone and I'm like, oh, they're having a bad day. They're sad or they're angry. Like I pick up on what people are feeling so intuitively. And I definitely, that's something I do. And I have a lot of the Virgo tendencies because they don't necessarily match everything Libra. So it makes sense in more like the 60-40 split because I am on the cusp. Yeah, the 60-40 split is amazing because you're like, you see so much of the Virgo placements, but I want to fix it. What is this? And the overthinking. And you people tend to think that's the Libras. I don't know. Libra doesn't know anything. If I joke around with that sign, Libra's just, <laughs> let me just go with the flow. And then, but the Virgo was like, no, I'm going to overanalyze this, overthink for this like the whole entire time until I find a solution. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That is so me. And when I was in the corporate world, I was I was actually a director of communications for a bank, so the communication part. And I was really known for doing like the roadmaps and like all of the planning and the analytical stuff. And <laughs> so, and then, yeah, no, that's good because like you can with your own business, but you doing past life regression, now you can see it quickly. That's where the quick analyzation and the logical side tells you, okay, this is what happened to them. Ah, oh, this is where the pattern is. Oh, this is their paradigm. This is their this. So it's easy for you. So cusps are known. I've always heard, I hate the fact that I'm a cusp or something like that. And I said, no, that is a beautiful thing. You get two signs. You read horoscopes because you have to. You have so much and you have different placements in your astrology. So that really helps you. Because like for me, Astrology is not there to be the end-all be-all. It's a guideline. It's a map. You still create your own timeline. And working with your astrology placements, your natal chart, that really helps you utilize all of those gifts. You're not just a Libra. You're a Libra Virgo. And whatever your moon rising and your Mercury and your Mars all of that. It's like you're, you can use, utilize it so you can create a better roadmap for you. Yeah. Hey, soul travelers, pardon the interruption, but I just have to tell you about quantum healing hypnosis because one session forever changed my life. And now I'm living my purpose to help others just like you. I was so lost in my life and absolutely miserable in my career until I received the guidance needed from my higher self. Now I'm spreading awareness about the life-changing modality of quantum healing hypnosis. In one single session, you will spend the day journeying deep into your subconscious mind and unlock the hidden wisdom within. You'll revisit a past life, explore what your soul does between lifetimes. Your subconscious mind will scan your body, looking for health concerns and perform self-healing. You'll even connect directly to the Akashic records so that you could get your most important life questions answered. Quantum healing hypnosis is absolutely nothing like a traditional hypnosis session. And you know that everything is 100% legitimate because nothing is being filtered through a third-party practitioner and your higher self will never misguide you. Your session is audio recorded so that you could listen back and play all of the advice that your higher self spoke to you under hypnosis. So if you're ready for personal growth and a positive change, then it's time to discover the essence of who you truly are. Book a session with me today at thesoulexperiences.com. Now back to the show. When did you first become interested in tarot? Was it something that you were always interested in or was there like a time when you decided to embrace it and start doing tarot? So this is funny. I 
started playing around with cards since I was very young, like mm-hmm. probably 11 or 12. I can't remember. I was very young, but it wasn't tarot. It was playing cards mm-hmm. because my mom has always told me that I'm a Gemini. My mom has always told me that she's an Aries and my dad is a Leo. It was all like astrology, Chinese astrology, Chinese astrology and Western astrology and Vedic astrology has always been a part of my household. So it was just normal. It was just normal for me. And then I played around with cards. So when I first moved out here in Vegas, I saw a bunch of my guy friends like just playing around with the cards. I'm like, oh, let me grab it and let me just do your reading. All of the stuff that I have told them just for fun, oh, this is what's going to happen. It all came true. Oh my goodness. Yes. And one of my good friends, her name is Jana. She's a Virgo. So she's very like analytical. I saw this message and it's actually on Facebook and stuff that my psychic friend, Mara, this was like 10 years ago before I started doing this for a living. She's like, my psychic friend Mara told me that's whatever that I got a reading is not true because she was said she'll never have kids. She'll never get married again. She's meant to be alone. And I said, no, you'll have a girl. And you're going to get married in a couple of years. And lo and behold, she's married, been married 10 plus years. And I said, told you so. You just have to believe in the process. And that just came intuitively to you, it sounds like. Yeah, because my mom never uses cards. When she does a lot of predictions, and it's to a T too. Like she wakes up in the morning and she says, oh, we're going to have an earthquake. I feel it very soon. So most likely within the day, always an earthquake. Wow. And she's done that or like she says something out loud, especially when it's like with because she's an Aries, when she uses a lot of her anger and passion and then she blurts it out, it happens exactly to a T. Me becoming a Gemini, anything that I say out loud in the future usually does come true, especially if it's a person, if it's a client base of mine that actually wants it to happen and they accept it, it usually does come true. And I see that really like easily. I have zero explanation to how. And when I started doing tarot cards, I literally just reviewed, I did the tarot cards. Like I just literally reviewed a little bit of what's happening. Okay, I know what it means already. And then I just started doing it and it came so naturally. Yeah, it's because it's in your bloodline. It's just part of who you are, it sounds. Yeah, because of my grandfather's that too. My grandfather is now blind and hard of hearing. Don't know why he knows that I travel to London. So the last time I talked to my mom, talked to my grandfather, because my mom is in the Philippines right now. My grandfather asked, oh, is she back? I'm so glad that she's back in the U.S. from her trip. And I told my mom, how did he know? You know what? I know that man very well. He just knew. He just sensed it. Yeah, he just sensed it or changes in my mom's home and stuff like that. He just knew. He knew very well because my grandpa doesn't use the internet. Mm -hmm. No one talks to him because his beautiful Gemini mind, he's just resting right now. Like he's already retired. So I don't know like what type of gifts that he had. You know, his gift was what I've heard from passed on from generations to generations is my grandfather would write things on there and mix it with oil to which I didn't even know that he was doing that. And I was already doing that. And then I would pray over it, send the good energy with it, and then put it around like the area of area that they have. And then I will start smudging. 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that this is what he was doing way before. Because what I've known is he was doing it. He started healing other people with his own father and his grandparents, like when he was four. Wow. Oh my yes. gosh. So it's just been engraved in him his whole lifetime. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then the war came and he needed to be human. Mm-hmm. And he's always had that gift and I've always been connected to my grandfather. Like my grandfather is a very stern, strict to everybody. But to me, he just, you can always come home here. You can always just go, okay. So like he was very soft and I didn't realize that we were doing exactly the same thing. So I'm traveling there in November and I'm hoping to like really just look at him and connect with him in a way that I haven't connected with him in that aspect because he knows what I'm doing. Nobody told him. Oh, wow. He just knows. He just knows. You guys are connected for sure. Yeah. When you talk about smudging and energies for listeners out there, what would you say is the most effective way to clear energies from your house or what techniques or tools do you use when you smudge? Okay. For the house and stuff for smudges, a lot of people use a lot of white sage, but people have been sleeping on this, this particular leaf and actually we sell it in our store. And it's so hard to find it out here to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. But what I did was I created this smudge stick. I wish I'd have it here, but I do have my smudge stick and mm-hmm. it's called Usok and it is a mixture of guava leaves. Oh, and- different leaves. So the Filipino traditional way is we don't specifically just use sage. Sage wasn't the part of us. And sage is like just to purify and cleanse, right? And that's very masculine, especially the white sage. That's why you're going to mix it with palo santo. Guava leaves, you don't need anything to, it is feminine and masculine together. It is a fruit, it bears fruit, meaning that it is feminine and masculine in one. Wow. Um, So what I mix it with lavender, I mix it with mango leaves. If you can get mango leaves, Mm -hmm. you can mix it with um, moringa, which is malungay in the Philippines. And then also the calamansi, which is the calamondin tree. You can mix it all together, blend it, or even just um, adjust uh, the guava leaves alone. And you put in a stick and you smudge. In the Filipino tradition, you start to smudge yourself, Mm -hmm. smudging outside of your home because you're going to trap that energy in the first place. So what we do is we smudge using our left hand to receive us, to receive it within the energy, our right hand to smudge the whole entire home. We start from the front door, back door, windows, first floor, second floor, same thing. The main room that you hang out with, you cleanse doors first and then the whole place then really open the windows, let it sit there for 10 to 15 minutes. Then I say it's yeah. important to open the window. Yeah, it's important to or something. I had a friend once who did not do that and was having like waking up and there was like an entity standing at the bed and he kept smudging and smudging, but he wasn't opening the doors or the windows and told him he needs to open yeah. a window. And then the next yeah. time he did that, he hasn't had the problem since. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're just aggravating the, the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I can't breathe. Can you open the door? That's what they're doing. They're not, I don't really want to bother you. (laughs) So that's how it is. And then the cleansing part two is salt. We use rock salt in the Philippines to salt the 
um, four corners of the house and also the front door and the back door. Some people do use in the window. I'm not really bothered with that. And garlic. You use it. You use the garlic with everything or just like on its own separate? We hang the garlic on the front door or even in the corners of your home so to remove evil, anything that's malicious intent. And every time you clear out, you clear out with the salt and the garlic, you literally would say, please protect this home. I know that I have my guides and my spirits because again, spirituality in the Philippines is a little bit more complicated because we were colonized by two, three countries. (laughs) Spanish, that's why we have a lot of like our Spanish names. I'm part Spanish. And then we also have the Americans, Japanese, and also even in the middle is the British as well. So we have convoluted belief system, but at the same time, we have so much of our tradition as well. And I'm trying to share that to everybody in the U.S. and how to go and ask me anything about the Filipino tradition. Who are our deities? Who do we follow? What are our nature sprites? Because everybody, including non-Filipinos, will always have a guide. And it could be a nature sprite that you didn't even realize that you carried on. If you played outside at some point, and you had an imaginary friend. That is not an imaginary friend. No. Yeah, we know that. I never had an imaginary <laughs> friend, but I, I always played outside and I love to be outside. It was different then, you know, I grew up in the 80s. And that's one thing I wish that kids were able to do now. So that there's really not so much of that going on, at least where I'm at and in my our neighborhood. I understand. I, I understand. So unfortunately, yeah. that... You have to be safe nowadays. But of course, me growing up too, I was just playing with flowers and not knowing anything like that I was doing something because I was always playing around with flowers, making oils. I'm going to do some perfume. What does this taste like? Oh, no, that's something else. I didn't even realize that you were already creating magic when you were younger. And the same goes to you. When you look back, not even in the very like lifetimes ago, you're looking at just like your past life. It's a reflection of what you've done beforehand. I'm very curious about that past life regression because I would love to get that. Yes, let's do it. (laughs) I would love to do that. What is something that you're working on next? Do you have any projects or conventions or anything that you're with? What's coming up next for you? Oh, I don't know when we're going to be releasing this, but I am going to be at Yoga 6 Mountains Edge on Sunday at 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. doing tarot card readings and to feature all of the products. I also have a Costa Rica retreat in February 10 to 15. So please do, if you want to learn about your signs, if anybody wants to learn about their signs, they want to get a tarot card reading from me, do yoga with me, and also hike eat the best food and the hike, actually the hike and the waterfall and the hike is included with a cacao ceremony and all of that, then yes, please do come. And I actually have a promotion going on right now and I'm only limiting it to as little people as Mm -hmm. possible so I can do further readings to them, to each and every. What part of Costa Rica? Uh, Sarah Peaky. I haven't been to Costa Rica. My friend just got back and I really want to go. We were talking about going. Should go. You should go. We can all have fun. The group that I have, the people that I've signed up, I call them my spoiled children. Mm. And 
And they're like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to get body work done by you. I'm going to get yoga done. And then I'm going to be doing astrology. Yes. And we're going to have so much fun. And then the lastly, I'm currently working. The project that I'm doing is The Law of Manifestation. It's a book. I already just recently released a book called Sensational, A Hilarious Way to See Your Horoscope, Your Sun Sign as a Guide to Your Life. But the next one that I'm currently working on, it is called Law of Manifestation and Law of Attraction, teaching you how to manifest no matter which faith you believe in. And I'm currently working on the Hinduism part of the book. And I've already done the Christian side, the Islam side, and the Buddhist side. And now I'm just that. And then I'm going to be working on Judaism as well. So it's just to see that we've all been doing it for Mm -hmm. the longest time. It is true. And I just love the work that you're doing. You have so many incredible projects coming up. You are a busy girl. (laughs) Yes, I am. And I'll make sure to, of course, for listeners out there, I will link all of your book. I'll link your book in there and I'll provide the link for the retreat. You still have some spots open. Yes, Um, I do have some spots open. And where can listeners find you online? They can find me on Instagram. It's Mara Francesca. And also on TikTok, Mara Francesca. Everything else, threads, same thing. Even on Facebook, it's just Mara Francesca. And I'll be the first one that you will see. Perfect. It's been so lovely chatting with you today. Do you have any like final advice or anything you would like to leave listeners with before we wrap up? There is one thing's for sure. I actually just did this like download a couple of years ago. 2024 is going to be a very big shift for each and every one of us as the collective. Mm-hmm. Whatever massive changes that are happening and happening in 2023 is just a preview. Think about this last six months, five to six months as a preempt and a preview of what you're going to be, what's going to happen for everybody in the collective. Know that even though as a collective, you still have that individuality and you can make choices for yourself. And maybe I call it, it's the purge, like the emotional purge. You have the capability for this next five to six months to really release certain ancestral generational patterns and paradigm that you need to release in order to see what's out, what's going to happen. It could be very good and it can also be a rude awakening for some. But 2024 is a pivotal. It's like 2020 was just a taste of what is about to happen. 2024, 2026 is something that we have to like really just pause and reflect and how many changes do we need in order to be happy Mm -hmm. and live a life with purpose. Yeah. It's such a transitional time on the planet right now. And I think that it's really important that people listen to that intuition and step it into purpose because we need that more now than ever before. Yes, I agree. I agree. And that's the message. And then the advice too is try, there is no right or wrong in practicing practicing the occult or witchcraft. You, no matter how many times, nobody really realizes this, the songs that you listen to, the words that you say, the words that you say repetitively is actually spell work and a recipe for you to get what you need and want. That's so true. Thank you for your time today, Mara. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I am truly honored.
I'm so excited. I'm so excited that we can, I will set up a past life regression session with you. I've been wanting to. We're going to do that. Perfect. Hey, thank you to everybody for listening. Bye for now. Bye. Thank you so much. This podcast is brought to you by The Soul Experience, quantum healing hypnosis. Are you ready to embark on an inward journey of quantum healing? Quantum healing hypnosis is the most profound method of inner work and self-healing someone can do while on a spiritual path. In a single session, you experience past life regression, exploration between lifetimes, self-healing performed by your subconscious, release of trapped trauma, and answers to your most important life questions. Your higher self has a message for you and is here to help you and guide you on this life journey. Book a session today with Jennifer Mitchell at the soul